This is the Trail Trash Podcast. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Trail Trash Podcast with John, Jace, John Jason, and Garrett. Um, here with you tonight to talk race results. Um, we um, are about a week out uh, from Western States, um, but we're going to lead off with that one. And uh, we're also going to talk Mid-State Mile and Merrill's Mile tonight, along with some miscellaneous stuff around how um, our training is going. So let's kick it off with Western. Uh, Western was uh, really good this year. It was interesting. We had no Jim Walmsley to uh, steal the thunder of all the male participants. And honestly, the big story was not really, in my opinion, uh, was was not really the males as much as it was Courtney DeWalter, who just absolutely just blistered um, the female record. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't she beat it by like an hour or something like that? An hour plus, yeah. Hour yeah, plus. Yeah, around the uh, 80 minute mark. That's that's wild. So about almost an hour and a half. Um, and not to still, you know, not to still the thunder of Tom Evans, who who was who was a top spot at, at 1440. Um top I mean, he three. Ran the, he ran the yeah, the third fastest, um, well, he's the third fastest person on that course. So I mean, that's no performance to shy away from either. No, it wasn't. Top two is what um Wamsley and Hazen was it the year that that uh, Wamsley said it and Hazen was like right behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy yes. year. How how pissed would you be if you ran a record pace if it wasn't for the guy in front of you who ran a record pace? Like that would I'd be so pissed. <laughs> well, correct me if I'm wrong. They were teammates at the time, right? Yeah. Well, you know that's not too far guys. off what we saw on the uh, ladies' side this year. I mean. um Katie, uh, Katie Shad, you know, she ran under the ladies course record as well, but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, in a, in a stellar performance, but I mean, that was overshadowed by, you know, what Courtney was able to do, which, I mean, that is probably one of the all time greatest performance in ultra running. It's, I mean, wow. I mean, she almost was top five. I mean, she was sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she was right behind Daniel Jones. I mean, she was seven minutes off of him which is just absolutely wild. But the, the top three to- of, the, of the race was Tom Evans, Tyler Green, and Anthony Costales. Um, top three females was uh, Courtney, uh, Katie Scheid, and uh, Esther. Uh, what's, how do you pronounce her last name? Shalog. Shalog. I always screw that up. Um, <clears throat> I mean, so it was a really good year. I mean, there was some snow there. Um, I was a little disappointed in, in our boy, uh, Arlen Glick, who did not, uh, did not win hoping that the uh, East coast was going to show up and show out. But I mean, he still was 14th overall. So, I mean, I mean, it's nothing to, nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, the guy just absolutely crushed it. And then, then you had um, another another. Uh, I, I guess you could call him local now because he he lives in Tennessee, and, and that's that's Corey Waltering uh, finished in under twenty four hours. So a couple of East Coast guys there. Um, 
uh, you know, doing, doing pretty well. Um, but you know, just following the race along, I, I know I followed some of it along. I know John, you followed some of it along. It seemed, it seemed like it was, you know, a lot of Tom Evans, the second half of the race. Um, I know for a while, Dakota Jones was toward the front and he kind of dropped back and then it was really just kind of, you know, it was kind of the Tom Evans show for, for quite a while. It seemed like he led for, he it seemed like the second half of the race. You can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but it seemed like he led for forever. Um, and then on the female side, I don't know if Courtney led the whole way, but it sure as hell seemed like she led for like almost yes. all. Yeah, I think she, yeah, she was right there. If she wasn't in front, I don't think she led the whole way, but it wasn't for much that she wasn't in first. Yeah, so was, Katie held on to her for a good while, but I mean, I mean, ultimately she pulled away and. Before we get too much farther into it, can we just shout out I Run Far and their phenomenal coverage of the top 10 on both sides that they do for this event? It's fantastic. I will say, I will say the choppy drone footage was hard to watch um, <laughs> on, on YouTube. Like, you know, I, I love running on my treadmill and there, one of my favorite times of the year is to get on the treadmill during Western States and do a long run and watch coverage of that race. And it was, whoo boy, it was hard to watch. I don't know, but I mean, it's, uh, technology has come a long way though. Like, you know, when I started, you know, following, you know, this race, you know, and their live updates, we didn't even have any type of video footage. It was, uh, just whatever updates we could find on Twitter. Now, now, is, is, is Aravipa helping with any of the coverage on this or is this all, not i don't i don't think they are they should hire jamil to run coverage on western states but I, one thing i'll say that they do right is they've got billy yang doing it yeah and if, if you want someone who's top-notch video if you could put him with aravipa i think you've got a bang-up production um and dylan bowman on the mic calling it he's he's good i'm pretty sure I just, jamil was out there as part of the team that was covering the live stuff was he? Yeah. Yeah. I spent nine hours in a car on Saturday, so I was only following on Twitter. So <laughs> as, just, uh, as it, permitted by state laws. It just seems like to me that Aravipa somehow manages to have like really good coverage of their races. And, you know, if I was a big time and, and you know who else does a good job? UTMB does a good job of, of coverage of theirs as well. Um, well, and I'm wondering if, so when you fly through state parks in certain areas, you have to get permits and they may just not even have the permits to do some of the things that other races are allowed. No, it was just, it, no, it was just, it was just, it was this bad production value of some of was the, it? Okay. It, yeah, it was just, it was very choppy. And I mean, even, the, um, even the folks calling it was having a hard time figuring out people that were coming through and during different sections of the race you know um so basically if there's anyone out there who's on the western states board and it's over like the media coverage of this event um call up jason because he says he can do it better that's right shout out billy yang you're on the committee aren't you 
<laughs> yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, tag him in our next Instagram post, and uh, I'm sure he'll just have us. He'll just is be it, ringing up Jason in a heartbeat. Is, is, that, our, not, is that our like, new running thing? Every week we we make fun of Jason for something he says that he can do better, <laughs> like run faster than Camille and lift more than Goggins, and we tag them. And this week it's Jason can do better videos than Billy Yang. I never said that. I'm now, just saying. In Jason's defense here, he did call out Camille last week, who did end up unfortunately. You know, dropping from Western states, and we don't want that to happen. But I'll, I'll let Jason have that one this time. <laughs> All I gotta say was, who was right, fellas? Who was right? I'm just saying. Just and guess what? And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? She put what? up a post. She put up a post saying she can't run mountains. Just saying, who was right? Well, and she now has COVID. Oh. You know what she has? She has, I can't run in the mountains because I have a gate that's built for the road. That's what she's got. She, mm -hmm. is, she is unbelievable on a track. She could beat mostly anyone on a track. Uh, but Literally but mostly anyone. It, seriously, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not BSing. She can beat almost yeah. anybody on track. You stick her in the mountains. She folds like a deck of cards. I mean, look, look, at, look at this week. Look at that. Look at that. You're right. You're right. I mean, look, she hit that snow. She hit that snow, and she can't run in it. Dude, she that dropped snow out. messed with a lot of people. Even Hayden she, Hawks had trouble dude, in the snow. She dropped out of Tunnel Hill last year because of a dusting of snow, and freaking Phil Young uh, was, was just crushing that race the whole time. Just saying. Again, the woman – is one of the best female ultra runners in the world. She mm -hmm. is fast as hell. She has more records, more accolades than I would see in 15,000 lifetimes. But she is not built for that that really tough trail running. She's just not. Mm -hmm. And who was right? I was right. Thank you. So, Lulu, call up Jason because he wants her sponsorship. Right. I don't need any in, in, in the interest of fairness. Uh, if by some chance that Camille here and ever listens to this podcast, we, we, we will open up the forum for you to, uh, you know, kind of defend yourself if you want to, <laughs> you know, pop in here for a few minutes and talk about it a little bit. Like, I, again, I have you nothing. want to fire back at Jason, the floor is yours. <laughs> I have nothing against her. She is, she is top, she is top notch. But we saw, we saw what happened. At Western States. What was Courtney, the finish? Courtney, was the finish rate this year? Courtney, it doesn't matter. Courtney DeWalter ran, she came in sixth overall on that course in the snow. And Camille did not. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So I don't know. I don't know what the finish rate was. I will say this it, the, the last hour of that, if you could do anything in your if you got an hour of your time to spend watch the last hour of that race it is some of the most compelling uh stuff to watch because i mean you're you're literally watching people like us finish the race because you know it is it's literally like us most likely more than you two not me because i probably would never even get in western states and even finish it but uh it what was i tell you what was crazy was i was on the treadmill watching the golden hour and uh there was 20 seconds left 
not 20 seconds left. There was like a minute left and a lady coming down the track. Did she have a lean? No, she was, she was, she was tired. And let me tell you, I was telling John when we were running yesterday, you know, I was surprised that she had did not have the afterburners turned on. Maybe she didn't have anything left in the tank. I mean, most of us probably wouldn't, um, but I right. would have been, I would have been reaching down for everything I could have gotten. She finished. With, like, what? I was going to say, it's probably like one of those feelings you get when you're towards the end of a race like that. And you feel like you're, you know, you're kicking it, but, and just like blazing down that track, but it really, you look down and it's like a 20 minute mile, 15, 20 minute mile, but it just feels like you're running like a road 5k or something. Well, she was, well, what was amazing was she finished with 20 seconds left and I was screaming on my treadmill for her to finish. Cause I wanted that lady to finish so bad. She finished. And what killed me was she finished and she stopped at the first mat. You know, there's two mats. She yeah. stopped at she stopped at the first mat and somebody like did the old finger thing like come on and she finally stepped on the second mat and I was like oh dear god woman please step on the second damn mat so you can get that finish you know it's like whew. and then what was heartbreaking was uh Lucy Bartholomew's dad um came in 2 minutes over he had the lean did he severe lean right john yeah like 90 degrees been over lean but he was still moving man and he he, he was cooking to the end it was it was it was really co- compelling and the fact that he didn't stop knowing that he wasn't going to make it was pretty was pretty badass i mean because he could have easily had just stopped but he just went straight on through and and finished it. And um, I tell you, states is always fun. You know, it always brings out the best, um, the best in the business. And you know, uh, you you know from uh, from folks like Tom Evans to you know Dakota Jones, Cody Lynn, Courtney DeWalter, uh, Katie Shad. You know, just you know some uh, you know Katie. Uh, what's it? Katie Asmus was there. You know, uh, just some really uh, big names. Um, I don't know if you saw, but Casey actually finished kind of far down. Um, she, she did not have uh, her typical, her typical race. John, you'll know better than Jason and I, how many people get into States every year? Uh, it's, let me take a look real quick. It's just under 400, like it's 370, 380, somewhere in there. 328 finished. Right. So that's what I'm thinking. I think there were a a higher finish rate this year than most. 377 started. 328 finished. finished. So I'm wondering if because it was a cooler year that helped the significant significant amount of more finishers. And also, while we're talking about finishers, shout out to the four Tennesseans who finished. Yeah, it was like an 86, 87% finisher rate. So, Corey Waltering. Good odds. Corey Waltering, obviously. Uh, Christopher Eland from Nashville. I don't know if either of you know him. I do not. Um, Kyle Grady from Memphis and Steve Troxel from Jackson. So, shout Steve out to Troxel. St- Steve Troxel is the, uh, he's one of the running fast guys. There you go. Shout out to the four locals. Heck yeah. So, 
really, really great event, super year, um, you know, just a, a, a solid, you know, amazing running, you know, uh, from just some, some great athletes. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I miss anything, John, any, any, any good stories out of this that I might've missed? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, you know, my coach here and staff, he ran it. Um, I think he had a bit of a rougher time at that race, you know, based off of what he said and his social and on his podcast recounting it, but he finished and he's off to, um, uh, he's off on the uh, grand slam. So I think his next race coming up in a few weeks is the Vermont 100. So <laughs> good luck to him. And when is, and when is hard rock? Coming up soon. So what, a few weeks? Those are always like two to three weeks away or like th- that's a, that's a quick turnaround. On the, um, it's on the 14th of July. Is, is Courtney running? Stand oh, up for it. Boy. Oh boy. Man, you know, it's pretty amazing to think she already has the course records now for Western States, Hard Rock and UTMB. That's, 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 goat. <laughs> I, I'm, that's goat status. I don't, I don't like, care. Like, like, like I, I don't think anyone's held, held all three of those before, have they? No, no. I think you could argue that she's the most dominant ultra runner in the, in the world. Just um, how she just is able to do it all. Like, except run on a track like the, uh, against Camille Henry. Uh, yeah, like in the uh, live feed, in the live feed, you know, um, Aid Station Fireball uh, was posting uh, information about like some of the splits she was running, and some of those like between Forest Hill and the river, um, which is about uh, six. What was that? Be I guess it'd be about sixteen to eighteen miles, something like that. They were like in the top, you know, five or so all time. You know, both men and women. Hey, was there some controversy at the end with someone's interview? I didn't see any interviews. Someone like get sick and walk away or something. Yeah, I think Courtney started to get sick there, like immediately, like following things. Like she said a few words and then had to step step away. Because someone said something about it on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, but they were retweeting a tweet or I guess quoting a tweet, and the tweet was deleted, and I can't couldn't tell you what it was because it was gone. But what I didn't know if, if either of you knew. What What was awesome was what was awesome was was the shout out that uh, the goat Killian gave to Courtney. Um, on, well, did you see on, on Twitter? See her, um, Sol- I think it was Solomon posted something about it, about how her time was faster than a bunch of people's top times. Yeah, um, yeah, Killian, Killian was one of them. Scott. Uh, I think he retweeted the the Solomon tweet. To to be a a little fair to that, though, I mean, those are, it's hard to compare different years between states just because of like like the the changes in conditions and weather. But I mean, yeah, yeah, still faster than all those guys. I mean, could you imagine what um, Killian would throw down on a cool year like this year? It'd be, um, I'd watch it. That'd, that'd yeah. be pay-per-view. 
you know, he's, you know, her, him and her are very similar in that if, if he decides he wants to win, you're not going to beat him. Was it, was it, was it last year at Hard Rock that he ran and, uh, he was in the, the, like some sort of, he was like, and he was like, who was he running with? He was in like a pissing contest with some guy toward the end of it and like just dropped the guy and like just like lapped the crap out of him. And the last, like, I can't remember, it was, it was a ridiculous amount of time that, that he uh, put Francois. It was Francois. The amount of time that he separated from him at the end was just absurd. Um, and I mean, you know, I mean, Courtney's like, I mean, they're both so dominant when they like when they're on, like you just can't beat them. You can't beat them. Like there's just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe maybe somebody can, but it just it doesn't. I mean, this year, I mean, Courtney sent out a message. I mean, she was, she just dominated, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does at Hard Rock in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, like I said, that has to be one of the top ultra running performances of all time. Like, I don't know if I've seen anything, you know, at least in recent years that has, you know, been able to, like, you know, equate that. No, no, I, I agree 100%. I think you can't really, I can't, I can't really think of anything at that, at that level. Um, no. But I guess moving on from Western to um, one of our local races, um, the Mid-State Mile, which generally always gets gets a lot of coverage here locally. It's it's one of the more popular Middle Tennessee races. Um, this year, um, the winner was Eric uh, Kinley, um, who ran, he set a course record and ran 133 miles there. It's a, it's a last man standing style race where you run a mile around, um, for, around a, like a trail. Um, well, for those I, who don't know, it's not just a mile. Like, I mean, it, yes, it's a mile, but it's there's it's a decent steep. amount of climbing in that mile. It's it's steep. I mean, we were out there last year. Me and uh, Tyler went out there last year and walked it. And uh, man, it's it's tough. And <clears throat> I would imagine that you know, once you start putting in some laps on that thing, your your legs are are are, are going to feel it. And um, and anyway, it, he he won it 133 miles, um, which is just which is insane. Um, he he beat out um, Aaron. Is it? I think it's Aaron Dana, um, who uh, was at 132, and then third was was Jill Jill. Uh, I guess it's Dean's. Um, she was she was third. Um, she is always strong. I think Aaron and Jill actually were the top two finishers at, um, crap. The, the last race that they had out there anyway, both those guys run out there a lot. And, and those were, that's what, that's the top three. Um, initially we saw Luke Boschweiler's name on there, but what was crazy was later that day, Luke showed up on social media he had ran Scar with a couple of friends. <laughs> well, Scar has a very near and dear place to his heart. Like that's was, that's his stomping grounds. That's his baby almost. I was telling John. I was telling John. I'm like, man, once you get out there living in uh, East Tennessee for a while, 
you're just going to be like Luke, just go down there and throw down a scar whenever you're feeling like it, you know? I mean, it's crazy. It's just nuts. The dude just, just goes <laughs> out and runs a scar. I'm going to go I mean, casually run this. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. But, yeah, he went and did that with, with, with some friends. Um but yeah, that, that was, that was, that was a mid state, um, you know, um, you know, with some, some other local folks out there, some people I know like Austin grow, uh, was, was out there. Uh, you know, he, he ran it, uh, Kara Rourke from Las Casas here locally. She ran it, uh, uh, Ryan Pluckelman's son was there, Cohen. Um, I think he, I think he got like 27 miles in on it. Um, you know, he and ran once, it last he ran it last year. And once again, if any of these participants that we're mentioning happens to be listening to this podcast, we'd love to have you on and guest. So you could at least minimum tell Jason how to pronounce your name correctly. Because <laughs> we're obviously be- struggling over here. <laughs> you know what? And you know what's funny about all this is I'm the one that is stuck having to do this BS. And so I'm the one that's mocked because I'm the one that's like, oh, we'll let Jason say all the stuff, make him look like the moron, and then we'll make fun of him because when he can't pronounce a name. Sorry, guys. We're from we're from Tennessee. Spelled with an E, but pronounced with an I, Tennessee. That's right. That's right. So you know what? I'm not going to try to pronounce any more names. Also, Tennessee, if this tells you anything about how we do things here. There's a spot up on um, up in Jamestown where and so if you ever run the Dark Sky 50, I don't know if they're going to bring it back, but you run past a cemetery and it is pronounced exactly how you would or it's spelled exactly how they pronounce it. Cemetery. So it's C-E-M-T-E-R-Y. There is no there is no 30. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, what's wrong with that sign? And the lady who was working the station goes, no, no, no. That's how they spell it here. It's cemetery. Yeah, so uh, lo- relocating to uh, Knoxville, um, I've had got, I've several team members who are not from the state and from various parts of the country, and I've had to give lectures, you know, the past couple of weeks about how it's not pronounced Maryville, Tennessee. It's Maryville, and it's not yep. Severville. It's Severville. Definitely tell them it is Santa Fe. Santa Fe. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is not Santa Fe. Well, good news, because we're going to move on to another race that I can pronounce some names at. <laughs> so uh, there was another race called uh, Merrill's Mile that was put on yesterday. And it is uh, it's put on down in Georgia. And it is around a, le- a loop that is point, but nine, nine or nine, seven uh, long. Um, yeah, website says point. 9902 so 98 thousandths of a mile or of a mile short of being a full mile for this loop so it's weird that it would be usatf certified in in that short of a mile i don't know i mean to certify you just have to measure the course and get it right yeah that's true yeah that's true what was crazy about yesterday was for those of you who live locally is it's a little warm here um in, in not just in, warm, but it is brutally humid. Uh, you know, when me and Jason ran together yesterday, the dew point was already 70 degrees at least at like 8 30. 
Mm-hmm. I was mowing the grass and that stuff this morning. I had to start early because I knew it was going to stink if I if I tried later. It's it's brutal. I mean, so you could imagine the race didn't start till nine o'clock. Um, so you could imagine what those folks were running in down in Georgia, um, because typically Georgia, you know, if it's ninety plus degrees here, Georgia's getting that plus maybe five percent more, maybe even ten percent more on top of that. So it was, it was, it was rough. And then on top of it, they had torrential weather. We're talking hail, wind. Uh, we had a bunch of friends out there running it. Um, and uh, uh, a tent almost got blown over on the one of our friend, uh, on one of our friend, uh, her, Monica almost had a tent blown on over. Um, wow. Joel and Colleen who ran it, I believe uh, Colleen said that Joel was actually hypothermic. <laughs> uh, on the way home uh, had to have the heat turned on the entire way home because it, he was hypothermic uh which is just wild which is right. crazy but yeah uh, i mean it's not too far of a reach if you think about it you know some people finish you know marathons feeling or who borderline or having hypothermia and they'll throw those blankets on them so if your body isn't already in that state of like trying to cool down down from, like those higher temps you know that they got like in the middle of the day and all of a sudden, you know, the temperatures drop suddenly like that and drastically like so far and you have like hail on you. It's, I mean, when you get wet, then I don't feel like that's too far of a reach, but man, that's quite a no. swing. Yeah. So I remember the year that I ran um, the Getty in that really bad storm. Um, I did not realize how cold I was until I actually stopped. Um and I was absolutely freezing. Um, well, that's the thing. You probably weren't cold until you stopped because up until that point, you're, you, while you're moving, your body was still probably you yeah, know, right. generating enough heat to keep you warm. But it's when you stopped that you ran into trouble. Yep, 100%. So, so you know, looking at the, the just looking at some results and watch me not butcher some names. First place in the six hour was Jake Moore. It's pronounced it's Moore. It's pronounced Moore. Second place <laughs> was Carissa Lieberwitz. And then uh, third was Drew uh, McKenzie. Um, it looks like 44 laps for Jake Moore was the win winner. And he just pretty much just, just trounced everybody. Um, in the 12-hour, Debbie uh, Boyett was uh, first place. And uh, Didier Gestel was second, and Mika Anderson was third in the 12-hour. And it looks like that one was fairly close. I mean, first was 57 laps, second was 54, and third was 53. You know, one thing I've always found interesting about an event like this where you're on, like, say, like a track or like a loop that's, you know, completely exposed where you can see everyone on the course at any point is if you're really working on this from a competitive standpoint, you can see where your competition is at. Like, and if you're lean, you only have to maintain whatever gap you have ahead of the next person. It doesn't have to be a lot. You just have to maintain that gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when the psychological of all that starts to play in. <laughs> oh, for sure. Especially yeah. once you get, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours in, man. God, especially if you're trailing and they keep that little gap. You're like, God, I am busting it. Flying through, I'm just being real quick on my ace, and I cannot catch this, but that's demoralizing. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's I, mean I wouldn't know. I'm never leading nor in second place, but I can imagine. Yeah, I'm never in the top either. So 24-hour top runner was Patrick Sutherland with a 105 laps with um, Brian Heyman with 102 and Stan King with 102. Uh, those guys were basically right on top of each other. It looks like Brian was just a little bit quicker. Um, and then some shout outs to, uh, to the local folks, Mike Sato, uh, from Christiana, uh, came in. He, he ran well, Monica, uh, more, uh, she, she had 38 loops then, uh, Joel 35 and Colleen with 33. So shout out to all those folks that really just was out there, you know, just crushing it. And, oh yeah, forgot there's a 48 hour one. Um, those guys, uh, tops was Jason Martin and, uh, second was Remo Spognell. Uh, he had 120, 125. That, that race really wasn't, didn't seem too close. And Emily Labuta, uh, with 111 laps. So I'm imagining the weather probably knocked out probably that 48 hour race. Maybe I'm not sure. It seems like everything kind of stopped or maybe, yeah, we're not seeing any like results past the 34, 35 hour mark currently for the uh, 48 hour race. Um, so, we, so, we're, so we're not sure about that. But man, you know, if you're out in that race, you know, kudos to you, especially if you continue despite those just brutal conditions. Yeah, it's tough. Tough 100%. So anyway, it's pretty cool. Um, those were just, uh, you know, three races we decided to uh to recap for everyone uh, of course you know um western is one of the granddaddies of all so um it's pretty pretty cool though um and then on to some miscellaneous stuff uh for for john and i we have yeti coming up in where are we at we're a little bit over 60 days right um let's see it was 90 days according to jason or according to the post the other day i thought 89 days as of today. So 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. So, or so, so, uh, so, so how are we feeling about that? Are we feeling good? Are we feeling like we're in the right spot? Like, I'm feeling good. I mean, I got a hundred and almost 170 miles last month. Um, so well, I'm, I'm working on my, I'm working on my pancake flipping skills for you guys. <laughs> I honestly feel like I'm I'm probably about right where I need to be. Um, I'm doing the 24 hour thing tonight, starting tonight because I'm off tomorrow, and uh, you know, going to probably probably start about nine o'clock. Just I've got a treadmill, so I'll just jump on every few hours, run on the treadmill. Um, Let's talk about that. So, so what's your what's your plan for that? Because I mean. For those who don't know, he's doing the Yeti 24, not necessarily a sanctioned Yeti 24. He's just doing the the plan that you do with the Yeti 24 challenge, which is what, five hours every four for 24? Five miles every – I basically want to get 30 miles in 24 hours is my, my goal. So um, – what's your, what's your plan of attack at this? I mean, because when I do the Goggins or when I did the Yeti, it was always start super, super slow, like slower than you think you need to, super slow. That well, way you're – my my strategy is, is is super basic. Every I'm gonna, every five miles is going to be an hour. I'm going to stop. 
get my five miles in an hour. I'm going to stop, shower, sleep, rinse, and repeat. Basically, just continue. Just 12-minute miles. Um, You know, just because John and I talked about it yesterday, I mean, there is no reason to be killing myself at this point um, because, you know, it's it's like I'm not going to be crushing anything. Uh, so I'm just trying to mimic kind of what I'm going to be doing. I mean, I want to be running a 12 minute mile. Um, yeah, like yesterday, you know, we were out running. It was hot. It was humid. It was pretty brutal out there. And so we just took it real nice and slow, you know, and took a little walk, few walk breaks here and there. And it felt easy. But, you know, we were still under what would equate, you know, uh, 20 to 24 hour pace for like 100 mile or if we were to maintain that level of effort and pacing. Yeah. You're going to try any any new foods to see how they work. That's the one thing I like about these 24 hour, like when you get these breaks is it allows you to kind of experiment with new foods. I mean, this doesn't or doesn't work. You know, I I don't think I'm going to eat a ton to be honest with you. I I probably will during the daytime, but at nighttime I might stick some goose out Mm -hmm. um, on the counter and, and, and eat some of those. Um, I did buy a four pack of Nathan hot dogs wrapped in pretzels. Um, so, uh, you know, I do have a bottle of, of rose wine in there as well. So, you know, we may have hot dogs and wine at three in the morning, you know, it just depends. Classy. Yeah. I mean, you know, just make sure you put them on toothpicks. Gary's going to have to set us up a table with like a tablecloth and some like candlesticks at, uh, at our, at our dinner. Yeah. I'm going to work on my, uh, tablecloth ripping skills to see if I can get everything to stay flat on the table as I rip them off. <laughs> but, but, but it's, you know, the thing is, the thing is these, you know, these are fun. You know, I, I the great thing is, um, I'm fortunate enough to have a house that's got a, a bathroom right across from the workout room. So I literally just walk right out of the workout room into the bathroom shower and then walk a few steps over to the couch and I'll just crash rinse and repeat over and over again. Um, and, and that's, that's the general plan is, is just to just do that. Um, um, depending on what, what's going on tomorrow with the weather, I, I, I might grab some outside. Um, you know, it's it, who, who knows, but the, the thing is I've done so much training on the treadmill and I don't feel like I've lost anything doing it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm able to still put up high mileage doing these 12 minute miles on the treadmill. So it's, it's working. Um, I, I feel are like, keep it, are you going to keep it flat? Or are you going to elevate, elevate yourself a little bit? I'm not worrying about the elevation right now. I mean, there's really only one climb and mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking what, what it's, I think it's 3000 feet over a hundred miles. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to pull up that information right now, but um, I mean, that would be worth replicating, you know, a few times, you know, before the race. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. At least just, you know, keeping it at that uh, nice, slow and low grade. Even if it's just for one of your hours. You know what I probably will do? If it were me, what the way I would simulate that is if I have like a long run, um, I'd go out and do like my long run for like the first like half or like two thirds of it. And then maybe uh, 
crank up the treadmill at uh, whatever that average gradient is and then like you know practice that for like you know an hour hour maybe two depending on how on your total volume for that day and then just power hike it yeah right 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 because i mean i mean that's not a steep gradient it's just that it's so like long and sustained and it also comes at um a rough time to what mile 66 like roughly from mile 50 to 66 yeah well is that is that on a normal year because this is not a normal year right no this is this is a regular year for the okay yeah the course is the same got it and he's got satellite tracking this year well, it's, it's going to be pretty neat. So, but yeah, so I'm feeling good. Listeners like, uh, you know, ref- endlessly refreshing their screens to see how slowly we're moving. And that will be an option. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. So John, when do you, what, you know, I think no one is worried about you, um, but you know, <laughs> what is, what I mean, is I'm worried about me? <laughs> I don't know. John has this uncanny ability to fly out at the start of a race. He, especially one that has that's flat, extremely negative, negative, uh, negative drop there at the beginning. I mean, he's running down a mountain. You do your work, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, you know, you could easily, I think it's like 18 miles down to Damascus. Um, and there's really only one aid station. Uh, between the start and Damascus, and that's at Taylor's Valley, and that's I think at around mile eleven. And then after that, I mean, you're ten or eleven, and then I think after that, then you have another eight miles until you hit Damascus, and that's where you really get you don't get crew access to eighteen miles. So if you're somebody who really wanting to burn it up, you could come out of the gate fast. Uh, because you don't have to worry about seeing your crew or anything like that. And you can just zip down the mountain and, and, and catch up, um, you know, with your, you know, with your crew. So. Yeah. But you still gotta be careful because I mean, that's going to put a lot of load on your quads going down that downhill for, you know, 18 miles or so. Haven't you burned down that mountain before John in a previous Yeti race? Uh, that depends on your definition of burn down that mountain. I went down <laughs> at what, what I felt was a sustainable pace. Yeah, and that what how, wasn't that how sustainable but, was that pace, John? <laughs> uh, it was sustainable for maybe twenty twenty one miles. Yeah, how long was, was the race? Uh, 50K. It was a fifty k. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sometimes you just got to go for it. You don't. I mean, you don't know what could happen. I mean, I you remember, gotta risk it for the biscuit. I'd rather showed up and blowed up than never showed up at all. That's right. I, I remember passing John. I was going out, and he was coming in on his way to finish it. And John looked like he'd been hit by a truck. He was. He, he was. He had. He had, he had a. What, what's that word? He had a salter of a walk. You know, it was. It was very. You know, my man looked. I don't. I don't. I don't do this quite as often at the hundred mile distance because I have a whole lot more respect for that distance than like a 50k. <laughs> a lot of time for a lot of things to happen in a hundred miles. 
like I, I know I can't sustain an eight and a half minute mile for a hundred miles. Like at most, like maybe I could do that for a 50 K, but there's there no way I'm doing that for a hundred unless I make some drastic changes in my lifestyle. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. You know, we're a few months, a couple months away, a few months, whatever we want to call it. Um, but it's crazy to think that, um, you know, we're that close. I remember I came to the realization the other day that like, I really basically just have two months of training left and that's really it. A real solid, hard training from where I'm going to start dialing it back. Cause I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a long pace, uh, taper and type of person. I, I generally have long, long tapers. I've always had long tapers. Um, why is but- that? I don't know. It's just something I did. Um, so like that, the first time I ran, so when I ran Yamacra, uh, that first time I got hurt in Yamacra and I remember coming to the Thursday run the next week. And I was talking about how much how I was hurting. I was in a lot of pain and I was going to run and, uh, Rick Caffey, I was talking to him and he's like, you know, I was telling what's going on. And he's like, why are you running? I was like, well, I need to run. I was like, you know, I need to need to run. He said, why do you need to run? I was like, I don't know. I was just, I need to, you know, loosen my legs up. He said, but you're hurt. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, and you have strolling gym in four weeks, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so why are you running? And it, and it just hit me. And I was like, he goes, Jason, he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, in four weeks, you're not going to lose your fitness. He goes, you would be better off taking it easy, resting, and then getting healed up, and then going back out and 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 running, strolling gym, and giving yourself the best shot to finish it. And so I did. I took off several weeks, and um, didn't run hardly at all. Uh, and you know what? I ran out and strong and finished strolling gym and finished it. And so I did the same thing in between strolling gym and the damn Yeti, and. Um, and ended up crushing that Yeti race. I think I finished in nine nine forty five that year, um, and that was pretty solid for a fifty miler. So, um, so yeah. So anyway, I found that it works to where you know I put a lot of volume on my on my body, and then I tend to just just lay back some and, and let myself heal up to give myself the best possible chance to succeed. So I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 the long answer. Fair enough. I like a three week taper. That seems to work well. Two for me and my body's just a little too aggressive. Four for me just seems to take a little too long. Uh, three seems to work best for me, I guess. John does like the reverse taper. Yeah, he just shows up at the start line and blows up. <laughs> no, I've only <laughs> done that a handful of times the reverse taper and that was for there were, there were circumstances there that led to that circumstances that led to that yeah like you know coming off about of achilles tendonitis where i couldn't run and then being able to run and then 10 days before the middle half well not the middle half marathon there was a half marathon in nashville that i signed up to pay six months before and hadn't heard a word for him and then the day before that race, they're like, show up at this time. I said, well, okay. And he showed up and did it. 
Yeah, it worked out great. Got my got my got my people in, you know, under under a, a minute under our target time and couldn't walk the next day, but you know, I'm still alive and here. That's right. That's right. So so yeah, so so yeah, so anyway, it's it's getting it's getting there and things are things are moving along and um you know, my goal is to get more than 170 this month. Um, I have progressively went up. Um, August, the goal is around, um, you know, John tells me not to worry about miles. So I'm really, I, I, and honestly, I'm going to try to focus a lot on time, but I would, you know, you don't want to focus on miles, but at the same time, you want to be somewhat cognitive of what you're getting. Um, realistically, I would like to get somewhere around or underneath 200 miles in august and then i feel like that sets me up fairly decent for for that uh based off of the style of running that i'm doing right now it's a lot of time stuff is um i i basically go out for a minimum of, of an hour every time i'm running at, at the, the baseline minimum of of an hour and then um most like most of my 10 mile runs are around two hours um, you know, my 15 mile runs are usually around three hours. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm doing. So anyway, it's going to be cool. Good deal. So do we have any hot takes tonight? Florida weather sucks to run in. My eyelids were sweating. I don't think that's a hot take. It's hot think- and it's a take. <laughs> I agree with that one for sure. <laughs> we were on vacation last week, man, and I got three runs in. And I was just like, good Lord. I got back to the house. We went with another family, and uh, their grandma went with us. And, and I walked in the house, and Grammy goes, well, Garrett, how was it? I said, Grammy, my eyelids are sweating. And I don't even know your eyelids could do that. Like, it was it was brutal. So, I mean, John and I, were, like I said, John and I was, was really hot yesterday. It was at one of at one of my runs. I just wasn't even thinking. I just wasn't even planning in the day. It was like it was like a ninety four feels like a hundred and five, and we were in Cape San Blas, so Gulf side, uh, and there ain't no shade, and it's just all black top, and it just bounces right back up. And good man, my eyelids were sweating. I don't know, like. My, my wife's always like, hey, we need to do like a vacation run like she and, and I, I do understand where she's coming from. And I would like to make a, a trip. Fun for her. And so I was like, I don't even know how people run the keys 100. I, n- no way. Like, I just, <laughs> um, Not really a hot take. You're right. But Florida running sucks. So I will say that I just it was brutal, man. Yeah, it's not that's that's not my thing. And you know, I unfortunately for me, I think I've used every I think I've used up all my hot takes for like a month uh on Camille and David Goggins. So I don't and now Billy. <laughs> no, Bill, no, Billy, let me tell you something. Billy Yang is amazing. Um, you know, I don't have a big of a crush on him as you do, but he makes easily some of the best running uh videos out there. His videos have to be some of the most inspirational videos on Jeff, Jeff, running. Jeff Peltier, in my opinion, is at, almost at the very, very top of running videography. Um, I mean, his stuff is just top shelf. 
and, and Billy had that podcast. He hasn't done an episode unless I've missed it in a long time. And his podcasts were good too. Well, uh, I mean, I, I mean, you, you know, as well as I do, like running podcasts, like they're, they're, they're hard to continually sustain. I mean, you know, with, with, with solid topics and interviews, you know, Ryan Pluckelman, I don't see how he's cranking out two and three interviews a week. Um, I mean, but he's, he's crushing it right now. I mean, his show is this, is this continually uh, evolving and getting better every single, you know, episode. So kudos to him, but, you know, you know, Billy, Billy knows everybody and has already probably talked to everybody. So it's like, where do you go? What do you do? You know, the thing with Billy's podcast is it wasn't necessarily running. It was he wanted to talk to people who were at the forefront of whatever it was they were doing. So he's had business people on in the past. It wasn't, And then it kind of just stuck to running. Yeah, um, I always and, listen to the running ones. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like that rich roll style. Yeah, Rich, Rich Roll is very interview dependent. Um, there's one podcast I I just can't get enough of lately, uh, the Pivot Podcast. Uh, Ryan Clark and um, Fred Taylor and Channing Crowder. Don't quote me on that. I think it's Channing Crowder. They're all former football players. Um, but I just can't get enough of that podcast. They they do a great job. But theirs isn't all football. Like they've had The Rock on there. They've had uh, a bunch of people. Um, that aren't necessarily uh, Chris Paul was just on there not too long ago. Um, uh, if you haven't listened to their podcast, they're not not necessarily safe for work, but if you have headphones on, you'd be just fine. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily listen with Larkin in the car. Um, but if, if you get some time to listen to a couple episodes, they they do a great job, those three guys. That's cool. So, John, do you have a hot take? Uh, not at the moment, I don't think so. So, Garrett, how's, how's little... hotel life? I mean, I'm ready to be out of it. <laughs> is that the actual hotel that we're looking at here? Is that like the lobby or? Yeah, it's it's my room. Well, it looks nice. Look at that. Got the wood. Got the wood wall in the background. Yeah. Uh... He put it up. Yeah, well, I'm trying not to pivot too much that way so you don't see the pile of empty cans, bottles, and fast food containers. <laughs> Fuel the furnace, John. Fuel the furnace. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm in my fourth week now. I'm just ready to have like a nice home cooked meal. Sure. Well, you know what? You are within driving distance of your folks' house. I would be just driving home to your folks and eating mama's cooking. But Jason's closer. Uh, I'm gonna show, yeah, I was about to say, I'm going to show up to Jason's house. I got a Nathan's yeah. hot dog and a pretzel bun for you. That, that sounds terrible outside of an ultra marathon. And even then, I would probably question that. I don't know if I could do that. So, so Garrett's house instead. So what we did, <laughs> so, so so honestly, what we did eat today was we went to Costco and we got their, uh, like a their Costco dog. Their no, their gyro uh, kits with the meat. Gyro, it's not gyro. And the gyros, tzatziki sauce, and all that stuff, and it was delicious. Jason D or John, do you ever wonder if he does it on purpose now, or is that just how Tennesseans pronounce it? Oh, 
I think that's probably how we should end it. <laughs> on gyros. On gyros. So that's that, that's going to be it for tonight's episode of the Trash Trash <laughs> Podcast. And uh, Game connoisseurs do, and food connoisseurs alike. We do show. plan on, however, I will say this, if we can get Garrett out of his house, we are planning on doing an episode of all three of us together at one place. Brewski's with the boys. John and I have already gotten together multiple times. Um, we're we're yeah, a little disappointed. A... We're we're a little disappointed that it's only just the two of us. And uh, you know, I'm the dead weight. I know. I get it. I get it. You see your wife and kid. You see your wife and kid all the time. You can break away for an hour or two for for the boys. Okay. Look, just I will say, she told me this morning. I've seen enough of you. We need some time apart. <laughs> <laughs> all right what you got going on thursday or friday that's right i'll make yeah. it happen make it let's make it happen but anyway we're gonna we're gonna do a in-person show all together um hopefully in the next couple weeks uh more sooner than later but anyway we appreciate those of you that still continue to listen to us we do apologize uh on our lack of consistency of getting shows out um we're about as organized as a, a six-year-old. Um, that's uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. We're about as organized as a six-year-old, and uh, we we literally uh, need to do better. But we appreciate everybody listening to us. We will try to be more consistent and, and get some get some shows out on a more consistent basis. So that's it. Everybody have a good night. See you later. <laughs>